Jolin was exactly on time for nothing. An hour passed by at October's restaurant as he waited for her to show up. October's restaurant was always a treat for reconciling arguments with his significant other over what food they should partake in that night. Although October's was their favorite restaurant, the secret ingredient to resolution was to never remember the menu itself. Good one for a Coke? Inquired the waitress. Jarlin responded with a ruffled enthusiasm as he had never heard this voice before. Yeah, uh, thanks. Uh, Coke would be great. Pepsi, all right? We don't have Coke. The inquisitive waitress briefly notices Jarlin's past life as a butterfly farmer. Jarlin nodded his head in agreement as he asked, Uh, what? Now, the previous conversation repeated itself in proper succession. There was no ambiguity whether or not he misheard her the first time. Jarlin simply found comfort in the new voice smell. I'm not sure anyone else would notice this voice as particularly alarming or noteworthy. But the range, cadence, tone, tempo, inflection of the human bird song is nothing short of miraculous to Jarlin. So to miss the opportunity to listen to the same song on repeat for a moment is not something he would take lightly. Like a cat that this restaurant sold did not resonate with any particular name. However, the chef and owner's name was October. The name, menu, kerning, and type of food was in constant flux as trends came and went to the ravenous cuisine onistas, always harping on October for a free meal for exposure. This amused October greatly, as it is ultimately pointless for them to curse at a cursory cafeteria. As the void swallowed those bewailed words of the moths jousting for the spotlight, Charlin swallowed his first taste at tonight's frontier. What distinctly looked like raw goosefoot salad tasted more like pomegranate by any other categorical distinction. However, there were no notable notes of red on the leafy lads. Jolin reached for the misplaced phone in his pocket and proceeded to confirm whether or not he was colorblind. I'm not sure if there was a text from his significant other. I respect the hollowed privacy between a man and his screen. But judging from his posture, I would assume a distinctly digital silence took place. Jolin looked around the parking lot for his car. It was nowhere to be seen. This makes sense considering he had walked to October's restaurant. As Jarlin glared out to the boundless horizon he must cross to get home, he looked to the sky and exasperated. Who in their right mind would walk in Wyoming? Now that's a very good question coming from somebody who can't even imagine what Wyoming looks like. The stars did not respond to him, for most had already burned out many harvests ago. Jalen would not receive an actual answer from the remaining stars for quite a while since he doesn't like to pick up phone calls from unknown numbers, unless he's angry. A scream echoes in the distance. Jalen had read about coyotes before and would be ill-prepared to negotiate the hostage situation. Through a quick self-assessment of situational value, he determined his percentage of self-worth would dwindle directly in proportion to the proximity of hostile dingoes. To the observant, it would appear that Charlin had been standing by the same spot on the road for a twelfth of the night. This is true, as are many other horrifying facts like inflation. Charlin lived in a modest-sized apartment in a small building on a large street. Somebody had parked their piñata in the disability spot. Destruction begets more destruction. The 
pinata may live another day. Saw Jarlin as he jiggled his key to unlock the building's front door. It was a finicky lock, perhaps the most finicky lock, only for those it deemed deserving to enter. Jarlin always stood on the right of the escalator up to his floor in an effort to be courteous to the spirits. Considering it was most other people's tertiary choice for altitude available, these specters were Jarlin's only bedfellows for company on the Penubric Diagonal. Despite containing a novelty escalator, it wasn't a particularly noteworthy building in any other regard. Due to recent proceedings regarding libel against the building, I am required to mention the award-winning Ficus from the local county competition displayed on the rooftop. It placed third, and they should really chill out about it, although I must confess I'm not a licensed expert in the anatomy of pettiness. Jarlin never bothered to lock his apartment door as the risk of losing the key seemed like a much greater risk than robbery, and any vampires would still require a request of formal permission to enter regardless of the situation of said lockery. Grabbing the notebook beside the door, he jotted down today's edition to an ongoing research project of facts that are commonly mistaken for mere opinion. Green grapes are better than red grapes. There are two types of feet in this world, one for measurement and one to lay carnal within loafers. Traveling several of the first through the means of the latter, Jarlin swept his homestead as he called out for his girlfriend. After all, it was out of character for her to be tardy to the end of an argument, let alone miss the show completely. They always sat in the front row together. Jarlin loudly preached the name upon the dead living room in search of her. Uh, Triss? A name only Jarlin would address her as, from the organic linguistic roots derived from intimate indwelling. Trisha? Her name of common social veil that all parties find very comforting to exchange. Uh, Astrea. The name that preceded her delivering was the coda Jarlin crooned towards the closed door of the walk-in closet, which she reserved for moments of sub solitude. Count to nine moments after saying my birth name. Otherwise, I ask for this room to be my space to get away, if that's all right. Oh, sorry, I, I don't mean it like that. There are just times I need to acquaint myself with walls for a bit. So, uh, stand outside the walk-in closet, close my eyes and count to nine, then. Not exactly, um, by moments. I mean, like, a, a reflection. Nine of them. Anything that yourself knows to be a proper fine moment. However, if I literally say the word nothing, then head to October's and I'll come join you within the half hour. And, uh, any other words? Are to disregard. Oh, simple enough, right? Uh, only nothing and nothing count. Simple enough. Well, everyone just needs a place to call home. Especially... Especially at home. Right. Your words, not mine. One. Is that one sick? No, 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 yeah... It's rare enough to see an orange monarch migrating nowadays, let alone a white one. I always thought they only lived in Hawaii, too. I made you tea. Tris, this is chicken soup. Bird tea, is it not? Three. Somebody had parked their ficus in the disability spot. Four. Oh, go ahead! Open it already! It's just so diligently wrapped that I feel a little bad not to take it in first. Oh, some things are surely built for ruin. No? Oh, it's uh, one of those novelties singing fish blacks. I did not expect to see one of these again. It's like 
infinitely cooler than the plain old singing bass ones here. They tried selling other ones to the international market before the fad went away. This one's from Japan. The crooning koi sings a mina yume no naka. I would assume Al Green doesn't perform that one either. What's super nifty is there's no way of knowing which color koi you get until you open the box. Uh, you can see the odds of getting each color on the back of the box, although I'm not really sure how many made it through production before it flopped. <laughs> so consider the numbers with a boulder of rock salt. And yet, no tape on it. You didn't take a peek already, did you? No. No peep show for Koi Koi's here. Although, I dropped it off at Amika's to replace the voice box, since those cheap ones start to sound ghoulish after a few years. Uh, and she's obviously not one to ruin a good surprise. <sighs> How majestic! I asked Amika to remove the plaque in case you wanted to make it part of your daily carry. There should be a button around the tail. As ambassador of the fish realm, do you have a moment to talk about cod? <laughs> nice, nice, nice. I take this, this means you're over your bird joke phase. If only it were that simple. There's flying fish as well. And after the brief territorial dispute on behalf of the aquatocratic nations, they are now officially birds as well, after passing the Treaty of Tunity between the realms. On the new census, you simply mark one if by land, two if by sea, three to get Eddie, and four to combo. All right, I'll bite. What's get Eddie? Well, see, the forces of nature negotiated for a better term as they felt force sounded a bit overbearing. <laughs> Let's go ahead and check how rare the koi that Eddie's granted us is, then. All right. Yeah, uh, here it is on the back. This koi says, Nine Crest Dragon, in English underneath the kanji. I, I can't read that. Uh, all the others have a probability out of 100, except this one. Uh, here it's just a question mark. Five. Do songbirds ever get stage fright? Six. The man who garishly wails behind a tango mask now resides in the hallways ever since the recent restrictions banned roof access. Seven. Huh. Um, honestly, I just want to outlive pandas. It's a simple enough goal. Well, I thought you liked pandas. Or is that exclusive to the red panda? No, I, I do. But let's face it, they're poorly evolved. Biologically, they're still carnivores, yet they go with eating 25 pounds of bamboo a day instead. I figured you'd respect that as a pacifist. I wouldn't expect pandas to atone for the sins of man. Although occasionally one does snap and devour the local farmer's chicken coop. And you know what? Good for you, anarchist panda. Eight. Tris, where on earth is the couch? It ate its ninth remote today. I had to sell the couch. That thing is cursed. Obviously, the couch is cursed, Tris. There's literally nobody who would argue that the couch wasn't cursed. The issue is you sold it without even asking me. You know how hard it is to find a moving company around here that handles hexed furniture? They had a sudden cancellation today, and it was either book that or be on the wait list for months. We'll get a new sofa. Even splurge for one of those U-shaped ones you always like to sit on the floor in the middle of. It'll be fine. Couldn't even bother with the text then? Really? You put your thumb on the screen and you tap, tap, tap. I was just trying to surprise you. You hated that couch. So why are you being such a dagger-toothed pike conquer about it all of a sudden? Is now really a time to insult me with whatever the hell you just called me? It's a fish. 
And sometimes people need to be reminded that they're nothing more than pompous, overgrown fish swimming through bureaucracy and quarterly revenue assessments. The couch ate the koi. All right. I've tried looking for it for weeks, but that thing is a labyrinth inside and I fear it might eat my hand. Sorry, it's just the best gift I've ever received and I'm pretty mortified it's gone. I I would have helped look for it if you just told me. I... I need to go, all right? I'll be in my closet space for a bit. You know the drill. Nine. Jarlin's hand rests upon the slot and Doris groove in preparation to wager his last card and brave the Eddie's quantum casino. Slide to the left, thought Jarlin. It's a simple thing to do as Jarlin had attended formation in the routes that march of Mr. C, the slide man's cha-cha slide myriad times to the point where this watershed thought could no longer be considered judicially his own property. Jarlin drags a jar of the walk-in closet's fourth wall gradually as you begin to expect a cliffhanger moment. You're really not bound to this event yet. Your fate is still separate, and your life can go on without a passing thought as to the tale of Jarlin. It's not that the cliffhanger device is, well, a cheap shot to fill the needle up with potent retention, but, well, it really do be like that sometimes, ain't it? When there's discourse and payoff as you eagerly await the next chapter of escapism, it can be a really important shared cultural moment to make spectacle of a conflict that character endures. But of these discussions, what often is your suggestion amongst peers, especially so early on in a tale? Outlook not so good. Once cried a wise knick-knack to you, I'm sure, as it does to me now as well. I'm just trying to read the room here. Well, read the walk-in closet, but that's a room too, technically, no? Although it might be a Pluto planet situation at hand, and I'm not an architect enough to get into the taxonomy of enclosures. I guess what I'm trying to express to you is you are more than welcome here beside me. Encouraged, even. I do apologize for standing room only, though, seeing as your visit has been an unexpected one. I'll work on hunting down some feral chairs for your comfort for next time, friend. Doors already open, as I'm sure you might have caught a brief glimpse of what's next when you first saw me. No. So, up to you to find your way on that little brief path now, if you'd at the very least find the association here curious. <laughs>